Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 3. We're talking about the body and the blood of Jesus. And so, verse 3 says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. It is not possible. So they were offering sacrifices, but God is saying it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. It only covered the sins of the people for a year, and then they would come back and offer more sacrifices the following year. But now he says, the blood of bulls and goats, it's impossible for them to take away sin. So then in verse 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, Jesus comes into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, or other translations say, you, do not, you did not desire, sacrifices and offerings thou did, you did not desire, he says, but a body hast thou prepared me. So Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. He was God become man. Uh, he was conceived in the womb of Mary and uh, by the Holy Spirit, and he was God in the flesh. So Jesus Christ was uh, God manifest in the flesh, and now he is here on a mission. Of course, he had a mission to heal the sick and set the captives free and uh, deliver people from darkness, but he also had a mission of going to the cross. And so his body was prepared primarily for that purpose. So Jesus had a body prepared by God because it bypassed natural human uh, birth. You understand? So God has come in the flesh to redeem us. Now we're going to go uh, to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3 says, He is despised, this is prophetic concerning Jesus, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Again, in this verse, he says, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. Uh, other translations, I believe it's actually better translation. Uh, it says, pains, a man of pains. But either way, we know he's... He bore our sorrows as well as our pains. Are you with me? Praise God. So then it says, and acquainted with grief, and that is translated uh, sicknesses. So he bore our pains and our sicknesses, but he also bore our griefs. So we're not taken away from that reality. He bore it all, whatever pain, whether it's mental or physical pain, emotional pain, whatever pain it is, Jesus bore it all. And so, verse 
4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs. And there again would be translated sicknesses. Surely he hath. Everybody say hath. Now Isaiah is prophesying as if it is done. So he's seeing into the future by the Spirit of God. And he is prophesying. And scripture is written now through the Holy Spirit. Speaking of what Jesus was going to do, but speaking as if it is done. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses, our griefs, and carried our pains or our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. So... Considering, again, in verse 4 it says, Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and, borne, and carried our pains, or borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So he did it for us. These were not his, they were ours, and he took it in our place. So Jesus was our substitute. He wasn't just going to the cross as a martyr. Many people were martyred for Jesus. Martyred for believing in God. They killed the prophets that, that believed in God. Right. So uh, they, uh, they died, but they did not redeem us from our sin. The only man, the only one that was a perfect sacrifice for human sin was Jesus. He was the only one that was perfect. Or sinless. When we say perfect in that sense, I'm saying he was sinless. He who knew no sin was made to be our sin. So he was absolutely sinless. He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted in all points as we are. So there's no temptation that you may face that Jesus has not already faced. And because he has faced it, he knows how to help us and aid us, Hebrews tells us. He knows how to secure us. He knows how to help us through our pain or help us through our temptation, help us through to get by or past the pain of the past. Are you with me? So he's our helper. Somebody say he's our helper. So it's really amazing. God is our helper, God the Father. He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Jesus was tempted as we are. Praise God. Jesus was tempted so that he would be able to secure us or he would be able to aid us through our temptation. And we have the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Praise God. We have the Word of God which is our help. Amen. So our help comes from the Lord. Thank God. We are not helpless. Even if you feel like you're helpless, you're not without help. Amen. So thank God there is help from God. So then in this verse, verse 5 again, it says, He was wounded for our transgression. So he was wounded 
on our behalf, because of our transgressions, because of our sin, he was bruised for our iniquities. Now remember, this is in his body. He was wounded and he was bruised. So his body was suffering on our behalf. So the cross was for us. Hallelujah. The chastisement of our peace, Amplified says, to give us peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. And with his stripes we are healed. Praise God. Now, of course, the counterpart to this is 1 Peter 2.24 where it says, He bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So Isaiah said we are healed. Peter said we were. Isaiah looking forward to it as if, in other words, he's stepping forward. Here we are in time. He's by prophecy, he's going forward in time and saying by, with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded. Right? For our transgressions. And, and then Peter, looking back at the cross, he said, by whose stripes you were healed. So if we are, then we are. If we were, then we are. Amen? So our confession is, by his stripes we are healed. All right, so then he says, with his stripes we are healed. And verse 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone, everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of what? Us all. So everyone has gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. So no one was left out of redemption. No one was left out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't doubt. Hallelujah. No one was left out. Anybody and everybody was included in redemption. So anyone can be saved. That's why he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, anybody can. Praise God. All right, so then we're going to skip down to verse 10 of the same chapter. Verse 10 says, And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why? Because... There is a seed coming. There is a seed that is born of God. There is a people. Jesus, in Hebrews, it says that he went to the cross and he bore the cross for the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So there's only one way that Father God would be pleased with him suffering. And that is that he's seeing that there's a seed that's coming. That the seed of Christ is going to come 
to every man who believes on Jesus Christ. And we would be born again. Hallelujah. We would be born of an incorruptible seed. We would be born of God. And we would have God's own life on the inside of us. And God's life would be in us and make us new creations in Christ. So Jesus did this. And God did this. Without question, he did this so that he could see the pleasure. Hallelujah. He could be satisfied. In other words, God just wasn't satisfied. And Jesus wasn't satisfied with us going to hell. Jesus wasn't satisfied with us going without him. Jesus wasn't satisfied. God wasn't satisfied until Jesus was able to bring people out of darkness, out of Satan's kingdom, into the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. So God sent his son out of love and no other way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many or mankind, for he shall bear their iniquities. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. So Jesus went through all that he went through Why? Because he was seeing before him. He was seeing out in front of him. God was seeing beyond what men could see. They could see Jesus dying on a cross. They could see Jesus being buried in a tomb. But that was as far as they could see. But thank God, Jesus didn't just stop there. He went into the heart of the earth. He suffered physically and spiritually. And on the third day, God cried there justified. Hallelujah. On the third day, God decreed and declared that the human race was reconciled and justified. And God gave life to his son. And Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus came up and got in his body. And he walked out of that tomb. Hallelujah. Resurrected. He said, I am alive. I was dead, but I am alive forevermore. So Jesus is no longer dead. He's alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and he rules forever from his throne. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many or mankind for he shall bear their iniquities. So Jesus bore our iniquity so that he could justify us. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. Somebody say, praise God. God. Say, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Go to the New Testament with me. I quoted it earlier, but we're going to look at it in 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. Hallelujah. The scripture says, don't let your eyes depart from it. Keep it in the midst of your heart. For they shall be life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. So in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins. So very similar to Isaiah in verse 11. He shall bear their iniquities. For who his own self bear our sins. Where? In his own body on the tree. So he took our sins into himself. He bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. So consider in the scripture in your identification with Christ you have died. You were crucified with Christ. You died with Christ. You were buried with Christ. Praise God. So you are dead, the scripture said. I reckon myself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Hallelujah. So you're dead. Being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose his stripes you were healed. So everybody say, I was. I was, was. so I am. am. Hallelujah. Say it again. I was, was. so I am am. healed. Healed. Say it again. I was, was. so I am am. healed Healed. by the stripes that Jesus bore. bore. Now we're going to go to John, John chapter 1, verse 29. John 1 and verse 29. Praise God. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Other translations say beareth the sins of the world. So then, John, being a prophet, a forerunner of Jesus, and he was prophesying that the Messiah, Jesus, would come. And now he sees Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus was a Lamb of God, the Lamb slain, the Scripture says, actually from the foundation of the world. So God had a plan of redemption before the world even came to be. Before he created the world, before he created man, God had a plan of redemption. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. But now he's on the scene. Now he's been born of a virgin. Now he is God manifest in the flesh. Now he's healing the sick. Now he's delivering the demon possessed. Now he is setting the captives free. Now he is preaching the gospel. Now he's here in the earth and John sees him. And says, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. So John saw something that not everybody saw. Jesus took away the sin of the world. He took our sins. Where did he take them? On the cross. 
Again, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, had no sin of his own, but he became sin for us. He became sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. Now we're going to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 11 says, In Christ, but Christ being come and high priest of things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. So there was a tabernacle in the wilderness, of course, we remember. But he said, It's not of this tabernacle. But he has come by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now listen to the language. He's entering in to this holy place in heaven into the holy of holies having obtained eternal redemption for us so jesus has obtained eternal redemption because he's already gone through he's already gone to the cross he's already gone through death and he's come out on the other side and he is resurrected and remember when mary He saw him in the garden. He said, don't touch me. He said, I've not yet ascended to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Don't touch me because I'm not yet ascended. What was he going to do? He was going to take his blood into the heavenly holy of holies, present it on the heavenly holy of holies, and from that place, mercy would speak. Mercy From that place, from that place, mercy would speak. Hallelujah. It would speak of forgiveness. It would speak of redemption. It would speak of healing. It would speak of the love of God. It would speak of the grace of God. Hallelujah. So there's mercy speaking from heaven today. Thank you, Jesus. But when he came back and he appeared to the disciples, when Thomas didn't believe, he said, Touch me. Handle me. He said, listen, this is like a real thing here. I'm really alive. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, Thomas believed. Amen. All right, so he said, neither by the blood of goats And cows, but by his own blood, in the blood of Jesus, he entered in once. So he didn't have to go twice. He doesn't have to go again. He doesn't have to do it again and again and again. It's once. He offered his blood once. He suffered once. Hallelujah. In the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption 
for us. So Jesus has obtained eternal redemption for us. We have eternal life. Praise God. We have eternal righteousness. We have eternal Father. We have eternal Lord Jesus Christ. We have eternal life. And this eternal life that we have in our spirit is going to one day extend its domain to our body. And we're going to have a new body. Hallelujah. Fashion like Jesus, glorified body. That'll be a happy day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many can say that'll be a happy day? Praise God. Meal. Glory to God. Glory to God. She doesn't have her new body yet, but she'll get it one day. Meal's in heaven today. Calvin's in heaven today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But one day they're going to get a new body. Because Jesus is coming. And he's coming with a shout, the voice of an archangel. The trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And this corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. Praise God. So we're going to get an immortal, incorruptible body. We already have an incorruptible seed on the inside of us. We have an incorruptible life on the inside of us. But we're going to get a new body. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit as our earnest. Guarantee. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to verse 13, please. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Glory to God. How much more shall the blood of Christ purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, please. Praise God. Praise God. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Jesus' blood canceled our penalty and removed our guilt. Verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these or with the blood of Jesus. But the heavenly things, but the, all right, the patterns of the things that, In the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, that's where it's the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is purifying heavenly things. 
For Christ is not in, entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, but he has, which is a figure of the, of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. In the presence of God for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He has put away sin by the sacrifice of himself once and for all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Hallelujah to Jesus. Go with me to John chapter 6, please. Thank you, Lord. Then Jesus, verse 53, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Hallelujah. Verse 56 again. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Hallelujah. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me shall live by me. So we'll look now to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23. Thank you, Jesus. For I have received of the Lord, the Apostle Paul said, in verse 23, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night, in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, after the same manner, excuse me, after the same manner, verse 25, after the same manner, 
Also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily, or in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Praise God. So we're just going to take a moment to pray. Just examine our own lives and just say, Holy Spirit, show us anything that we need to know.